now in hindsight, looking back, this is the advice that I would give to other people who are in this position. Maybe they hate their job. Maybe they have responsibilities is sometimes the thought of leaving can lead us to daydream into a life that is so much better. But what it does is it, that doesn't produce anything. Daydreaming doesn't produce anything. If you actually want to live a better life, you have to change the things that you're doing right now in your life. So if you're getting that feeling, start mapping out what you would want your life to look like and reverse engineer. Okay, what is the one thing that I have to do every day consistently to start building up that dream? Hello and welcome to the Mind to Lead podcast. I'm Georgie Hubbard and I am on a mission to help you live a level 10 life. If you want to live an extraordinary life, a life full of passion and energy, of joy and abundance, then this is the podcast that teaches you how to do just that. Through my conversations with some extraordinary leaders and my own life experiences, I come to you weekly with all of the teachings and steps you need to take your life to the next level. So if you are ready to develop the mindset it takes to lead, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind to Lead podcast and today I am very excited as I have been watching this beautiful woman very closely over the last few months. She's been posting some incredible things on social and I'm so excited to chat to her today. So Elise Michaels, amazing to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me here. I'm happy to to be on Honoured. Yeah, amazing. So look, for the audience who hasn't seen all your content and uh, doesn't probably, uh, you know, know anything about you, just could you give us a bit of an introduction to who you are and uh, and your journey so far? Sure. So I will make this short and sweet. Uh, <laughs> my name is Elise. I am a subconscious trauma coach. I focus on helping people find out the things that they can't see so that they can live lives that they never knew they could. And specifically focusing on being a voice for the voiceless. So men's mental health, um, focusing on areas that are uncomfortable to look at. So if you are, you know, okay with questioning your beliefs, the habits that you've always had, the things that you've grown up around to really dive deep into yourself. That's the kind of content I post to mm-hmm. always kind of, help the inquisitive mind. Mm, Wow. So yeah, I mean, your content is, it's very raw, it's very honest. And I would imagine it would make a few people feel slightly uncomfortable almost, which is why I really wanted to get you on to have this chat. But before we dive into that, I'd I'd love to really understand a bit more about your journey because I was looking at your LinkedIn and you come from a bit of a corporate background. You sort of done some social media stuff, some sales. So where did this interest, I guess, and this passion come from to, to become the coach that you are and to help people with all of this subconscious trauma? Yeah, so the funny thing is I think a lot of what we are meant to do is actually implanted in us from when we're children. So, you know, me dealing with subconscious trauma, I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional family. Um, grew up in a small town, Wisconsin in the United States. Then I moved halfway across the country to California. Two days after I graduated high school, I was out. Haven't been back since. So, um, you know, my upbringing was a huge influence. Um, and you noted, okay, I come from a corporate background, but actually 
I have kind of a hodgepodge of different things that I did. And I know that a lot of your listeners, they're, you know, entrepreneurs, they have these leaps and bounds that they want to make. Sometimes it's kind of scary and intimidating. Well, with my personal background, I made a lot of different leaps and bounds. I made a lot of mistakes and I lived years where I hated my life. And so I've worked crap jobs. I worked at McDonald's. I worked at Starbucks. I worked at Walmart. I worked at Walmart for two years. That's like a store in the U.S. Um, pretty, you know, people of Walmart. People know what Walmart <laughs> is, right? So yeah. I worked there at 18, and I just looked at myself one day, and I said, what am I doing with my life? I wasn't chasing my dreams. I wasn't, you know, being being true to myself. I was listening to the outside world saying, you have to get a job. You have to pay your bills. Sometimes you have to listen to your intuition. You have to take risks because at least if you mess up on your own choices, you messed up on your own choices, not on the choices of other people around you. So it was kind of a compound effect of years of failing and learning what not to do that led me into where I got my sales job in corporate, which I loved. But once again, getting that feeling of this isn't for me anymore. And that was the hard part to leave the corporate job where mm-hmm. finally I had, you know, succeeded. I had um, gotten out of Walmart. I had gotten out of McDonald's. I had surpassed my family's, you know, poverty level and I was, mm-hmm. I was winning. So why did I feel the need? Like this isn't for me anymore. And so I struggled with that for a long time, but mm-hmm. you know, eventually you just look at yourself and your intuition mm-hmm. and It was a cumulative of all the skills I had learned from those mistakes and those years that I had wasted that gave me the push I needed to say goodbye to that job and jump into my own business of helping people heal their trauma. And I've been on my own ever since. Wow. What an amazing story. And thank you for sharing that about your family, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that we listen to this right now and go, you know, they can relate to that, you know, and, and, uh, it's, it's funny. I, uh, I posted something earlier about how our past can make us bitter or it can make us better. And I really think that that is such a powerful message. So what you're saying is that, you know, it doesn't have to refine us. It doesn't have to, you know, make us and we can, you know, move away from it and then decide actually what we want our future to look like. So when you're in that sales job and you had that security, which is probably something I imagine that you had longed for during your childhood and go through all that trauma, you had this great job, you were earning a great income what was it like did you did, did you just decide like overnight one day well I'm gonna quit this job or what what did that no. process <laughs> yeah because yeah, this is the thing right so people sit there and go oh amazing you know you left your job you started your own business and a lot of people I know would be listening to this and maybe thinking about doing that but what did that process look like to you so I had actually gotten this feeling like eight months before I quit um and this is a this is like now in hindsight looking back this is the advice that I would give to other people who are in this position, maybe they hate their job, maybe they have responsibilities is sometimes the thought of leaving can lead us to daydream into a life that is so much better. But what it does is it, that doesn't produce anything. Daydreaming doesn't produce anything. If you actually want to live a better life, you have to change the things that you're doing right now in your life. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting that feeling Start mapping out what you would want your life to look like and reverse engineer. Okay, what is the one thing that I have to do every day consistently to start building up that dream? Mm -hmm. I was trying to do that at the same time. um, But I think in certain points in life, you have to learn certain lessons in order to be able to get paid for what you do, you know, especially with like things like coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, So it took me, 
you know, eight months to feel secure in my intuition and myself. I wasn't making any money. I didn't have the business set up yet, but it was, I just felt like this is the time. Mm -hmm. And if you are someone who trusts their intuition, you'll have that feeling like, okay, this is the time. Mm -hmm. But if you're just someone who needs to map it out, start doing something every single day that will have the compound effect mm -hmm. that will, you know, there's nothing wrong with working a side job while you're mm -hmm. doing your regular job. There's nothing wrong with keeping your job while being an mm -hmm. entrepreneur. That's a smart mm -hmm. thing to do. Mm -hmm. You should do it. Have multiple mm -hmm. streams of income. Don't mm -hmm. stress yourself out because once, you know, once you're done, like this is my only stream of income right now. That's not mm -hmm. a good thing. I want more streams of income. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think that's such good advice about the whole intuition and trusting yourself. So there's a lot of people will be listening to that right now and go, well, how do I tap into that? Like, cause some people maybe don't, don't understand where that comes from. So is that, was that something that you, that you learned to do? Is that something that you've always been quite aware of or, or have you just sort of, I guess, through, through getting to know yourself over the years really started to listen to that but but how how did you know that that was the right time like how how do you think people can tap into that intuition more so everybody has intuition and your intuition is always speaking to you but either we you know we ignore it or we train ourselves to ignore it because the whole time that I was working at Walmart the whole time I was doing something not in alignment I had like a little voice in my head that said, why am I still doing this? Why am I still here? I could just quit right now. What if I just drove away, you know, every single day for like four years after Walmart, it was like the next job that I had that voice. The second I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to travel. It was like the voice just stopped. And so that sounds really weird for whoever is like listening and, you know, I don't know if this is my intuition or not. You know, it's your intuition. You're just trying to use logic to say that, you know, if you're trying to convince yourself of something, mm -hmm. the intuition is the answer that you know, and that you're not trying to convince yourself of intuition. doesn't need convincing. Mm -hmm. No, I, com I, I completely agree. And it, it's it's funny, like I, I've always trusted it and I, I've never been quite able to describe it. But it's just like you said, this feeling of something's not quite right. And then when you do it, all of a sudden things just start to feel good, you know, and I think it all comes back to that whole alignment piece that is just so, so powerful. And when you live in alignment with your purpose and your passion and you're doing everything that you feel true it's, it's feeling true to you I think that's that's the key piece and but look I'd love to dive in now to to your current business and so you know you've gone through this journey you've trusted your intuition you've taken the leap you've uh you know moved away from that really good sales job to start this business so talk to me about like what what do you sort of do on a sort of a day-to-day -day basis who is like your ideal client who are you working with and yeah what sort of I guess clients are being sort of attracted to you so that's funny because your last part, what sort of clients are being attracted to you? I started off my business targeting women. Mm -hmm. um, but what I found was as I posted content, all of the people who were attracted to my business were men who mm -hmm. were, um, you know, I would say about like early 30s to like mid 40s, usually with a family, usually stuck in a career that they didn't really like or entrepreneurial and wanting to get to the next level. People who are very ambitious, who have had no one to talk to. So what I'm saying in that is I saw a space for men and men's mental health that just wasn't being represented. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to take my niche that way, that way in order to create that space for men. So that's who I help is 
you know, driven business businessmen, usually with families who need to release years and years of built up subconscious trauma. Wow. I think that's really fascinating because especially men, and going back to what you said at the start about society being like, you're a man, you have to provide for your family and you've got to keep it all together. And 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 it kind of makes sense that, you know, for them to have somewhere to go to, to be to be able to be open and raw and honest. So let, let's talk through that process then. So say say you're a, there's a man listening to this right now who is, you know, really struggling, who's, you know, maybe feeling a little bit more of the pressure, especially with COVID and everything, like what's your process? So say a man comes to you and say, Elise, I'm really struggling right now and I don't know where to turn. Like how, where do you start? Where do you begin helping men and and helping them come over, overcome all their trauma and past experiences? Right. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny because helping men and helping women is just the exact same process. You, you, you give them a space to talk without Mm. judgment and, Mm you, you let them be able to release because that's, you know, if you think about men's role in society, they were the leaders for how long, like whether you're for women's rights or whatever, we're all on the same page with that. But the fact is that society has told men, you have to be the strong one. You have to be the support. You have to make the money and don't cry and don't lean on anybody. And now with women rising, it's kind of become like a man shame. Like men are always on top, but you know, it doesn't have to, you know, so with that pressure of like, okay, now I can't even say anything anyway, because there's all this hate against me. So the just the pressure of that is like, it's like putting a needle in a balloon. (laughs) You need to be able to like, let it out somehow. So it just really starts with, Mm. okay, you know, like, tell me about why you're here. You know, what do you want to want to talk about? Mm. Absolutely. Is there any sort of like common patterns that you that you're coming across, like not just with men, but with women, just people in general who are is, is there? Yeah. Is there common trends and patterns that you're experiencing through these conversations? There's a common trend and pattern through a lot of the people who, you know, I meet just in the business world and entrepreneurial world in general. And this is kind of like what my posts are now centered around is heavy codependency and dysfunction in families. Mm -hmm. So we try to make up for what we lack in childhood, the validation. So we're driven. A lot of entrepreneurs are so work-driven and workaholics because we get validation from work. We didn't get it from our family. We feel good when we're making money, when we're being successful, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how to connect to people. We don't know how to talk to people. We don't know how to state our needs because we don't even know what our needs are. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of going back to basics mm-hmm. and, you know, just taking a look, okay, I should set boundaries. What are boundaries? Or I'm not codependent. I'm independent. No, no, no. But you try to control the situation and you try to control it so that they feel good so that you feel good. That's a type of codependency and it's just not something we're familiar with. So it's, it's teaching a lot about habits and behaviors and the fact that it's not their fault it's just something mm-hmm. that they learned and now we can choose something different so how how would somebody go about doing that then because I think that there are there's, there's a lot of incredible entrepreneurs that probably do find it really hard to switch off and you know I, do you know actually I, I'll put my hand up and say that um, I sometimes experience this as well I I love what I do and I can have a tendency to sort of just want to work non-stop right 
And I had a moment the other day, I sat on the, the sofa a weekend and I had watched, uh, I'd watched two movies, right? Which is unheard of for me. I never like switch off and just watch films and stuff. And I just had this feeling of unease and being like, you're being lazy. You're not achieving. What are you doing? And, and, and I just thought, whoa, this is crazy. Like, you know, if I can't even allow myself one Sunday every now and again to sit and watch a couple of movies, then what is that? You know, what am I doing? So I'm curious and and I actually did some deep reflection on that and, and I did put it down to the fact that you know I it is constantly like that wanting to be better wanting to improve myself and this constant go 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 and I thought well who am I competing with who am I what am I trying to prove here and I took a step back and I thought goodness like thank goodness I was self-aware enough to identify what was going on but there's a lot of people who I think are just constantly on this hamster wheel going round and round and round going from one job to the next one relationship to the next one thing to the next and they never stop to ask themselves what am I chasing what am I doing and how do you help people see that and and what does that process like look like do you sort of have like do you do like do you believe in meditation journaling like how do you help people build that awareness so they can then obviously make the change and and really help themselves right so I mean it's exactly like what you just said they would tell me a similar story like what you just mm-hmm. said like oh I sat on the couch and I just felt mm-hmm. so lazy and I would be like okay why did you feel lazy mm-hmm. you know and so it's pinpointing those questions because we don't self-reflect like you you had the consciousness to self-reflect because mm-hmm. this is you know part of your business what you do <laughs> but if we don't do that then all we're left with is the patterns that we're used to. So we call ourselves lazy, then we get back to work and then we burn out. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say, you said, how do we teach ourselves to switch off? I say, you don't switch off. It's part of who you are, but now you build awareness around Mm -hmm. why am I switched on all the time? Mm -hmm. Who am I doing it for? Why am I doing it? And once we discover those things, we can choose to not self-shame when we want to take a break because we know we have boundaries, we have self-love because if we're shaming ourselves, then there's something deep beneath the surface of that. Mm, that That's really, really powerful. I think shame and guilt are two emotions that I think a lot of people are dealing with and not realizing they're deal, dealing with. And look, I'd love to go back to that whole childhood trauma piece now because I do believe that's where a lot of this things comes from and I for me uh the whole like workaholic piece comes from not not necessarily being the smartest kid in school and and comparing myself to all of my friends who were a star students and sort of like almost feeling like a little bit of a maybe a little bit of failure at school and then sort of really wanting to make something of myself and I've gone a lot I've done a lot of deep work on this and being like you know I'll prove you wrong you know I will be good and I will be great so I've, I've had to work for a lot of that that childhood trauma there um but how yeah in terms of going back to and unpacking that like where would you suggest somebody starts to really understand where their patterns come from like is it it should we ask ourselves more questions should we spend more time on our own journey like where should people begin to start to really unpack that whole trauma piece so i don't actually recommend trying to unpack your own trauma by (laughs) yourself Um, I definitely recommend, you know, the use of like a therapist, uh, Mm -hmm. because if you're trying to get into some deep stuff and you've had some deep stuff in the past, I don't recommend going to a coach right away, go to Mm -hmm. a therapist and then go Mm -hmm. to a coach. A coach is someone who you go to when, you know, you want to build the building blocks. You have some self-awareness. You just need the next steps taken further. And a therapist is there to really deep dive Mm -hmm. with the work that I do. You can actually 
heal trauma without deep diving Mm -hmm. into it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that you have to re-trigger yourself. You can Mm -hmm. Mm self-reflect, but we don't want to deep dive and Mm re-trigger ourselves because that could cause even worse things. So, but if you're going to, you know, try to do some self-reflection exercises, like you said, what I do is I do have some of my clients start journaling. Um, just because the mind body connection is made when pen to paper Mm -hmm. and it helps the mind stop racing and to slow it down. And then we can take a look back and go, okay, um, are these thoughts realistic, you know, or was I just really being crazy? Cause sometimes we think, oh my God, he doesn't love me anymore. He's going to leave me because like, I don't have big boobs. But then we write (laughs) that down. We're like, okay, that's not really true. It's kind of funny. You know, when I write Mm -hmm. it down. And it's just a different way to look at things and to self-reflect. So I would definitely, if you want to start deep diving just initially, start to just journal your thoughts and your insecurities and things like that. Yeah, I I think that's such powerful advice. I've kept a journal now for the last two years. And yeah, it's, it's something I turn to when I do feel uneasy and just a little bit like oh what's going on inside of me or if I get a little bit tight chested and you know because like you just said then our thoughts right I mean this this the, the thoughts that they oh god like if, if you're not aware of your thoughts you you really can run into a lot of problems and I, that's where a lot of my when I was going through my anxiety like I didn't what I would do is I push it down I wouldn't I wouldn't like allow yeah. myself to like really feel it and it wasn't until I I was like accepted it okay I am feeling anxious and I said it out loud and I was like wow okay I'm feeling anxious and as soon as I said it it was like this this untaboo thing because I and and again I'd love to talk to you now about like society and stuff because mental health it is start people are starting to open up a lot more about it and I've been very passionate about it because it's something I've gone through and when when I I remember my anxiety when I first experienced it I was in my early 20s I just got my first corporate job in recruitment and the pressure I felt was unbelievable and I would run to the bathroom uh, you know, and try and catch my breath because I didn't want anyone to know that I was feeling this way so let's talk to that because there are a lot of people especially now who are feeling anxious who are feeling you know concerned you know and, and sort of rightly so we're in a pandemic like you know there's so many uncertainties and anxieties is caused a lot by that whole scarcity and uncertainty so uh, unpacking that like advice to people who are going through you know poor mental health and you you said something beautifully in your bio and linkedin you said people tend to struggle in silence well how how can what can we do about that as to sort of help people open up and feel comfortable to talk about mental health anxiety and depression right so there there's like a you said a lot of good things there (laughs) i know i just went around (laughs) no but so one of the first things that you said though when you said, when I struggled with anxiety, I felt it in my chest. That's one of the number one things that I want to put out here is trauma is felt and stored in the body. There's an amazing book called, uh, the body keeps the score. And it really talks about how, you know, when, when we need to release the traumatic experience, the body might shake after a car accident or near death or anything like that. It it will shake. So when we repress we store that emotion in our cells, in our body, which is why you said, you know, when I get anxious, I feel it in my chest. So that's another self-reflection exercise I would say to people to do. Where are you feeling it in your body? Mm-hmm. And what can you do differently that's going to 
not have you react that way. So it's like if I'm feeling sad and I know I always hunch my shoulders and I put my face in my hand. Okay, well, what if I what if I put my shoulders back and I stand up? That's a different bodily response to help release the trauma. Mm-hmm. So that's just a number one thing, a self-reflection exercise for mm-hmm. knowing that trauma is stored in your body. So if anybody's having kind of like flashbacks or anything like that of like a bad work experience, notice where your body is at. Mm-hmm. Number two for how do we start, you know, connecting with people and not struggling in silence? Well, you know, you're doing the perfect job right now by speaking about mental health. The more we talk about it, the less taboo it is. Mm-hmm. Saying it out loud, I struggle with anxiety. I mm-hmm. struggle with sex addiction. I struggle mm-hmm. with alcoholism. The more we voice things, the less taboo they are. Mm-hmm. But if you are struggling in silence, you know, who is a trusted friend? Is there a trusted friend, stranger on the internet who you can reach out to? There are so many groups. There are so many meetups. There are so many um, Facebook groups that we can go to now where just taking the first step to find those groups and then say something because you never know what friend or family member might be struggling with the same thing or has struggled with the same thing or would be so supportive. It's always our thoughts about speaking up that is so much scarier than actually doing it. Usually when we actually speak up, the the group in response is so much more supportive than we think. And if it's not, you need to find a new group because that's probably what caused your trauma in the beginning. Mm. Absolutely. And I think that's the beautiful thing of the the world we live in right now is that you don't have to suffer in silence because there is so many online groups and things that you can join. And, and, and there's not one person who I've ever spoken to, I think in my whole life that hasn't gone through some kind of depression, anxiety, like, you know, something in their life has happened where they've gone through something. And like, if anyone who hasn't, then I want to meet you. Because, <laughs> you know, like, I want to understand, you know, why. But yeah, I think that that's, that's really, really powerful advice that you don't have to tr- struggle in silence. And yeah, anyone listening to this right now, who is feeling anxious, who is feeling a bit down, and, and whatever you're going through, please don't sit there and suffer, like reach out, get help. Um, and another thing that I, I did love reading about on your bio was like helping people heal their past and going into that. And I'd love to get your thoughts on how much do you think like forgiveness plays? Because I talk about forgiveness quite a bit. And some people say to me, oh, I couldn't possibly forgive that person and that thing that they did to me. They've caused me all that pain and all that trauma. And so I'd love to get your thoughts on how should we forgive the people that have wronged us? Like how, how important is that in the whole healing process? Well, I think forgiveness is just another way of letting go. And if we haven't forgiven, it's just another way of saying, I'm going to keep carrying this with me for the rest of my life. Because if you think about it, the person who wronged you only wronged you once and you have been repeating it every single day. So who is actually wronging you? Is it them or is it you to yourself over and over and over again? You know, so it's like, Forgive, that's when they say forgiveness isn't about them. It's, it's for you. Mm-hmm. So you decide, am I going to continue carrying this sack on my back that mm-hmm. somebody else gave me one mm-hmm. time and I've just chosen to carry mm-hmm. it? Or am I going to say, you know what? Like, I don't need to carry this anymore. Mm-hmm. I think the problem, though, is we become so self-identified with our pain mm-hmm. and our beliefs that we don't even realize how painful it has been to carry this weight 
We've just gotten used to it, but it hasn't made us stronger. It's made us weaker mm-hmm. and putting it down will free us. Yeah. Wow. That's, that is so powerful. Like, yeah, that, that, that and that's just, I mean, wow, that, that right there. So this is the thing is people sometimes don't even realize they get so used to just, pl- just almost playing the victim and feeling off and struggling their whole lives. And, you know, I think that I'm a big believer of like, you know, we, we have one life, like just enjoy it. Just, just, you know, do the best that you can every single day, keep on growing, keep on learning. And, and I think knowledge, right? I think the more knowledge that you can, that you can acquire, that I think that's, that's, that's the key piece. And it wasn't until I educated myself about anxiety, that I educated myself about mental health, that I educated myself on, you know, mindset and, and all the, and all that good stuff that I started to make that change in me, you know, cause I think knowledge is power, but obviously only if it is implemented. And yeah, so I guess going back to that whole like forgiveness piece and people not realizing that they're carrying it around, is that just a self-awareness piece? Is that just a, like, what, what do you think about how can people become aware that they've got all this baggage and when do they, when do they know that it's time to let it go? Well, you're aware if you have the baggage because it's you'll be complaining a lot about something or about someone and you'll be deflecting all of the responsibility off of yourself. Yeah. If you do not accept responsibility for every single thing in your life, take a look at the things you're not accepting responsibility mm-hmm. for because there's always something we can do. And even if there's big events like the pandemic, I know that you said a lot of people are experiencing anxiety because that because it's uncertain times. I think the uncertain times the thing is bullshit because every time, every day in your life is an uncertain time. Mm. And why has it now taken a pandemic for you to wake up? Mm. This is a good thing. It's mm. a very good thing because once we're awake, we can have the ability to do something. Mm. You want to take responsibility. If something didn't work out, you want to take responsibility because that means you can control it. So let's take responsibility and let's figure out the next step. Mm, absolutely uh, but the thing is that's not that's not what people want to hear right because they they would hate to think that what do you mean I'm responsible for the situation I'm in you know it's that person it's that thing it's that environment it's you know it's it's very easy to blame other people and not take responsibility and I think that is the hardest pill to swallow but it actually is is the most important because as soon as you do take responsibility you then regain the power which I think is just so so important so that kind of leads me on beautifully now we've spoken a lot about you know I guess mindset and and trauma and and struggle and you know but let's talk let's go on to speak about success and real happiness Mm -hmm. real joy like how how would you define it like you know you've gone on your own journey now you've you know you're 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 so wise you know for for your age and I feel like you've lived a whole <laughs> lifetime right so how how <laughs> and you're just getting started which is amazing so how how would you define success and 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 happiness in your life you know somebody else asked me this on another podcast mm-hmm. um but I think success is really the the ability to get to know yourself to the deepest and truest level where you have no judgment left upon yourself. Mm. Because when you have no judgment left upon yourself, all that's left is acceptance and love. And when you can accept and love yourself completely, that's just how you see the world, mm. you know? And there will always be things that are out of our control that will happen. 
But a good life is available to everyone. A good life is available to every single person on this planet. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've been through. But you can find an example of people who have been through the most horrible, horrible things. People from the Holocaust, people from, you know, like slavery. They have, who have come through on the other side, Mm -hmm. joyous. Mm -hmm. And it's because they have left that in the past. They have known it, accepted it, but they have accepted that that's not who they are. They're Mm -hmm. not going to live that as their life they're going to create who they are and not bear any judgment and I think you know when you can find that in yourself you'll find that ultimate freedom and success and joy wow what an incredible answer it's been an absolute pleasure uh speaking to you Elise so where can people find you if they want to reach out if they want to deal with their trauma and and reach out to you where should they go to find you Uh, So I'm highly active on LinkedIn, but I am on like every social media platform. Just send me a direct message. I answer Mm -hmm. all of my messages Mm -hmm. and yeah, always, always open to chat. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And for all of the listeners, I really hope that you got so much from this. I know I did. And it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with the world. And um, (laughs) yeah, have a beautiful day. And thank you so much for everyone for listening. And I'll speak to you again soon. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Mind to Lead podcast. I really hope you got some great takeaways and key learnings from this episode. To help us spread the message, please give us a rating and leave us a review. We love reading your thoughts and your insights and your learnings. And look, reach out to me. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Georgie Hubbard. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Georgie L. Hubbard. Let's connect. I hope you have an incredible day and I look forward to speaking to you all again soon.